0: Welcome to Dear Human Resources. In each episode, you'll hear about current HR topics and trends from experts, both practitioners and researchers, with the goal of giving you an insider's look at human resources. I'm your host, Marilyn Germain. In this episode, we speak with Joe Argaval, the founder and CEO of Wiser, a global leader in conversational artificial intelligence for behavioral health. She's been recognized by the Healthcare Technology Report as one of the top 25 women leaders in consumer health tech of 2021. Welcome, Joe. Thank you, Marie. Joe, you say that many people working from home are looking for balance and that some employees are really struggling with the loneliness of isolation, but also the stress of trying to create. Boundaries between their work and their personal lives when they work at home, right? When work is just down the hall. So, can you tell us what conversational artificial intelligence is and how it is used for behavioral health?
1: I'll say a little bit more about uh, why I think that people are struggling. I think a lot of us are facing it ourselves, so not much needs to be said. We often, where we used to have. physical environment to go to. And then when we walked out, work was over. It's almost like flipping between a screen, you have Netflix going on and a screen, you have a Zoom meeting going on, and then you finish it and you go back there. And that doesn't seem to end. So uh, there's no end to the workday. But then it seeps into your sleep and other cycles and other positive coping mechanisms, going for a walk, meeting other people, feeling like you're alive, uh, seem to have got by the wayside in this sort of digital world that we are inhabiting because of COVID and because of that isolation. And artificial intelligence, I think, is a very big word and conversational artificial intelligence. The simple thing I'd I'd like to say, there was an Oracle report that came out last year during COVID saying that 78% of employees had worsened mental health as a result of this isolation and as a result of this time. And that, you know, most of them are about 80% were more willing to talk to a robot about what they were feeling than talk to another person in the organization or even a therapist. And that's something that we see a lot. So on the one hand, it feels really weird to be talking to a bot about how you're feeling, on the other, it doesn't feel as if you're being judged. It doesn't feel as if you're being seen. Something I hear from, we've got over 4 million users of Wiser globally. And we get these dozens and dozens of reviews every day that talk about why they found their support here. And, and often what they say is that this is the one place that you know they feel heard, but they don't feel seen and judged. And they can come back to it as many times as they need. And it meets them where they are. It doesn't tell them to be somewhere else. It's not mindfulness or yoga that, you know, when you're ready and your mind is clear, then you will feel better. It actually comes and listens to them where they're at. And that's really what we've been trying to create with Wiser.
0: I'm going to ask you a question about Wiser in just a few minutes. But before I ask you about Wiser, how does loneliness of isolation for some remote workers impact them specifically? What's the impact of that isolation? There are many different impacts. Uh, So let's start
1: from just the fact that it will affect your health. So we do know that loneliness and isolation have a direct correlation with health outcomes. In fact, uh, it's considered to be one of the biggest reasons for people's ill health. And that kind of sort of plays back into how your physical fitness goes, how your emotional well-being goes, and so on and so forth. So uh, that's one Very personal impact, of course, from an organizational perspective, you don't now have, if you're an HR manager, you don't now have a water cooler or an ability to walk through the organization and sort of see it in the eyes or see it in the culture that, you know, the org is buzzing or the org seems very quiet. So there isn't a feedback mechanism to catch when somebody's feeling isolated and even for their manager to be able to walk up across and say, hey, you're looking off today because all our conversations have become very transactional. We'll get onto a meeting, we'll talk about what we have to do, then we go off and work alone. And, and in this remote working scenario, even in my own team, sometimes people end up feeling isolated and we need to create spaces where they can talk about that times when we are talking about how we are feeling and not, uh, you know, about the work we need to get done. And when that doesn't happen, really, there's nobody who's catching it or who's trying to help you. And and that can potentially just lead to a sense of what Adam Grant calls languishing, or we call the missing middle of mental health, which is not necessarily clinically depressed, but very uninspired, edging towards burnout, uh, very listless, uh, feeling unproductive, and guilty at the same time. So you're not getting a whole lot of work done, but at the same time, you're not feeling good about it either. So you're sort of procrastinating, but not enjoying it.
0: So you created an app to help remote employees find that balance between personal life and work. When work takes place in their home, can you tell us how the app actually works? We built this app about
1: six years ago. It was launched uh, just over five years, and it's been used by people all across the world. Large employers like Accenture use it for their entire workflows in 53 countries. And uh, a lot of that workforce is now working remotely. So uh, we've been able to refine how the app needs to work given the context of remote work and what employees are struggling with. But when we really built the app, we were building it to make it easy for a person to take care of their mental health and to meet a person where they're at. And now, as COVID happened and isolation increased, it was accompanied with a lot of anxiety, a lot of anger, a lot of relationship issues for people who were cohabiting with each other. Um, and, and all of those symptoms of this wave then got reflected in the kind of things that people were saying back to Wiser, And our clinicians then started creating new content that would make sure that those kind of conversations were, were dealt with effectively so people could learn how to build. Uh, for instance, uh, we have programs that people sign up for where they just start to commit to doing one thing that gives them joy every day that is not on the app. So it's something that they will do and the Wiser will check in with them in the evening, help them sleep and help them maintain a good sleep routine, talk them through any relationship issues they might be having, talk them through negative thoughts about others, but really create that space where they can talk. There's a lot of digital mental health out there that gives you resources or content, uh, very little that gives you a space to talk and listens to you and then guides you through what you need to do. And, and that's what we wanted to build with Wiser.
0: So what happens to that recording when you say they can talk? Who did they talk to a bot? Yes, they do.
1: It's not a recording. It is text message chat. That format works really well because a a lot of us would be sitting, uh, you know, in our apartment with other people in the same room. So it's very private. You can just go and start messaging. They just think you're messaging a friend and you're talking through whatever you're feeling. It's also very therapeutic in nature. So journaling by itself, writing down how you're feeling is A therapy by itself so it builds that into the impact that we have and it's completely anonymous so even in an employer setting people are able to talk about what they're feeling uh, knowing that millions of people have talked to this and they never share anything personally identifiable in fact We just delete that even if they've accidentally said my sister, Sarah, who lives in Boston, we'll just delete Sarah in Boston before we store it on our server. So it becomes very anonymous and we never ask for any email or any login. So people can just talk and feel helped. But 90% of the people feel helped after their first session. It's a very difficult thing to comprehend until you've done it. So, um, but there's lots of research behind it. Uh, what we do with AI cognitive behavioral therapy, it's called CBT, actually forms a therapeutic alliance on the same scales that human therapists are graded on their therapeutic alliance and is able to form that at a similar level of, within the first week of people talking to them. So, so we then have this privileged position of people opening up to us and trusting us and actually feeling helped, and we're able to guide those who need more help into EAP, into other kinds of support, into therapy, and those who can help themselves can just keep working with the bot.
0: you find that there are generational differences in the users? You say you have about 4 million users? You would
1: think so, right?
0: I think there's generational differences in how people
1: adopt technology. I don't think there's a lot of difference in uh, how people use a messaging platform like us. So even, uh, for instance, if you think about messaging platforms like WhatsApp are used by really old people, but messaging platforms like platforms like Instagram are used by younger people. The technology itself is not something that has a huge barrier. We have had, of course, early adoption by a very young population initially. There has been research that shows that, especially for adolescents around 16 to 17, uh, because they like to message when they're even in the room with somebody that prefer to message. This is one of the platforms that works where nothing else works. Uh, No other form of sort of self-help resources works. So there's definitely something that works for them that doesn't work for that younger. Audience, but we also recently completed a research with Washington University at St. Louis with chronic pain uh, with older adults over 55, you know, nine years of severe chronic pain. And we gave them an option of talking to a human coach and talking to Wiza's AI. And not only did people continue to talk to Wises AI, about 80% of them continued to talk to it for eight weeks and completed the program, but only 20% of them talked to a human coach more than twice and 50% never reached out to the human. So once you bring it to somebody, I think the utility walks across generations, but activation, how you get people to adopt it, definitely there's a generational bias.
0: Is there anything else that HR professionals can do to alleviate remote workers' isolation and to help them create better boundaries between work and personal life? I think there's a lot
1: that HR professionals can do. I think the first thing I would encourage all HR professionals is put something in place in their organization where while they're preserving the anonymity and privacy of all of their employees, they are getting a sight of what the mood of the organization is. That people are getting resources when they're isolated, when they're struggling, to be able to talk through things on their own And the organization is getting a dashboard saying, one of our clients, for instance, we've been able to map, Mm -hmm. they're a large healthcare client and a lot, it's not just remote, but they can see that the stress levels in their organization are mirroring COVID waves. So we'd have the percentage of people who are saying they're not feeling great go down over time based on the interventions they do. And then suddenly there'll be a big wave and it'll go back up. And we then discuss what we can do about it. I think the first thing they need to do is, within the organization, create a space, something like WISA, of course, where people can talk and then they can get a sense of where the issues lie. And the other thing they would do, I would say, is create spaces are apart from something like WISA, spaces where communities can get together and talk, not work. And it doesn't have to be an organized activity. It can also be as just a space where uh, leaders are being vulnerable and sharing their own feelings of isolation or their own struggles and almost become like support groups because our work becomes our family at this time. And uh, we spend just so much time in front of a computer that that's the one space that we need to be able to be our whole selves in as well.
0: Joe, you're the founder and the CEO of Wiser, which is spelled W-Y-S-A. Is there a behind-the-scenes story about the name? Why did you call it Wiser? (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know, the first bot ever created, chat bot ever created, was in the 1960s. And the movie Her, if you've seen it, was based on this bot. It was called Eliza. It wasn't super intelligent, but it was a parody of a Rogerian therapist. And there was one point in my life, in my startup journey, where the previous product I'd built had not found product market fit. I had fallen into depression. And I was looking at different resources and while traditional cognitive behavioral therapy, e-learning was helpful, it was very difficult to get through and I would talk to Eliza and I'd keep thinking that I want to make something like Eliza but only wiser so that it could tell me things that would actually help me and so that's what we set out to create and we called it Wiser. Why is your logo a penguin? (laughs) Well, we wanted something that was body positive, that didn't have gender, that didn't feel like a robot. We were trying to walk away from the idea of a lack of emotion that comes in your mind when you think you're talking to an AI or a robot of some kind, because this was going to be something that was super caring, a friend and uh, I think everything from happy feet, et cetera, gave us the sense that a penguin had and none of those, uh, you know, that it's a particular gender or it's a particular, it, it felt very body positive, uh, very non-denominational, and and a pet or a friend that you could go and cuddle to or talk to. So we just used that.
0: Mm-hmm. But Thank it also you. said I'm not <laughs> human, so
1: it didn't pretend to be human.
0: Thank you, Joe, for your insights on how remote workers can better manage their isolation and create good boundaries between their personal life and their work. Thank you, Mary. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dear Human Resources. In each episode, you will hear about current HR topics and trends from experts, both practitioners and researchers, with the goal of giving you an insider's look at human resources.